Hey guys, how you doing there? This is another edition of the Entertainment Report Podcast. And on this episode, we had the man I call the Renaissance Man, MC Kid Cut. MC Kid Cut is one of the greatest MCs ever to come out of Toronto. And when you listen to some of the stories he's talking about, uh, some of the stuff he's did, some of the places he's been, some of the situations he's been into, you will not believe. We see him every day. We have access to him all the time, but you don't really understand the backstory of MC Kid Cut. This guy is actually great. He's really great. And the thing I really like about him, he doesn't like to live in the past. So some of the stories, I had to pull it out of him, but he gave it to us 100%. He likes to live in the future, and that's why he's still fresh to this day. So MC Kid Cut, big up yourself and anybody listening. You guys are definitely going to enjoy this one here. He's talking about the past with Baby Blue and everything. And remember... That was the biggest thing out of Canada at one time as a DJ crew. So, buckle up, turn up those speakers or your headphones loud. We're about to go into another edition of the Entertainment Report Podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com. Hi, this is Muscle for Two Line Music Hut Entertainment Report Podcast. And we're here again with another special guest. I call this guest here the Renaissance Man. We're talking about an MC. We're talking about a DJ. We're talking about a producer. We're talking about an entrepreneur. We're talking about a radio host. You know who do we have in the building today? We have Kid Cut in the building today. What's good, my brother? Yes, family. Yes, family. I'm here, man. I'm just, you know, doing what it do and making yeah, it happen. Making it happen. Yeah. As I said, the Renaissance Man, because... On that list that I just named out, I'm pretty sure there's a few things I left out. Uh, yeah, there's probably a few things, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. I, I'm, I'm a, qu- a quiet person. I don't talk yeah. about everything, but yeah. what I would like people to know okay. me for, I have, there's two divisions. There's the whole music aspect. Yeah. And then there's the whole, you know, being involved in small businesses aspect. Yes. And I just kind of keep them separate. Got you. But what I put on the social media is the whole music side of everything. Yeah. So when you say, what would you say I left off? What else are you into? Um, uh, you, you you put a big umbrella up, you yeah. know what I mean? Like um, I'm into production. Yep. I'm into video work. Mm-hmm. Um, these are my hobbies. I'm into photography and yeah. stuff like that. I, you know, that's the kind of stuff that. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid for, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I That's like doing what, it. I'm going to just keep doing it yeah. regardless. That's what um, you like. Yeah, I like that. And then production, uh, definitely, whether it's like small production, whether it's producing radio ads or producing um, audio for video content for sure. or producing music mm-hmm. In itself, or even just vocal production or sound production, yeah. you know, just sounds. The umbrella of production. Yeah, just production, like, like just... Coming up, even if it's just getting the right people yeah. in the right situation. For sure. To produce yeah. a product. Yeah, for sure. Executive you know I mean? producer. Yeah, you know all of I mean? that. Put yeah. it together. All of that. You know what I mean? I would be totally surprised if you tell me you couldn't draw. I couldn't draw? Yeah. Could you draw? I was actually an art major. You see? Which, <laughs> which, which sparked um, my other business you know, passion that I'm doing. Like, uh, I'm involved in Shine barbershop mm-hmm. and um 
that is funny how that even came to play. Okay. Like in high school, yeah. you know, you do drawings and artwork pieces yeah. and they would exhibit it in the hallway. Yes. And yes. The, and the Mondem said, yo, who do this art piece? You know, I look tight. You know, and then yeah. uh, you know, kind of got a little bullied, like, yo, I'm gonna bring my dad's clipper, you know, you can put a design for me. <laughs> okay, so did you <laughs> and then, you know, the boys washroom and then yeah. it turned into the barber shop in the boys' washroom and then I said, Oh shit, I can yeah. do this and um that started that whole barber thing. You so know you I mean? never set out to be a barber. It was somebody seeing that you could draw, approached that, the, you, yeah, and then that's how it. It was probably out of necessity. It was a, like you know, it was an opportunity for me, like you know, at a very young age, high school days, to have a sure. little lunch money, yep, and awesome. bus tickets, <laughs> and and all of that stuff. You know, yeah, it, it was it, it was out of necessity. And besides, it's like. My parents are like, you know, if you want a haircut, it's like all off. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? No line of nothing. They're like, all off. You're going I to church. We <laughs> need line up for what? <laughs> my uncle used to cut my hair with a razor blade yeah. and a comb. Yeah. So it's like you're combing your hair. My, yeah. my dad gave me a couple of those haircuts there. And I had to wear a hat for a week still. <laughs> Couldn't take off those haircuts. You have to wait for a week till it grows in a little bit. Then you're good. Yeah. But the initial, yeah. mm, nah. <laughs> and then after, like, I, I got into cutting hair and stuff like that. And it became a passion. Yeah. Um, at the time, there was no YouTube. There was nobody to teach you. No, so it was just no. a matter of your hard work and your dedication that you put into your craft. Yep. And... Even to this day, I'm still learning. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not saying I'm a master, master, but people will say if you've been doing it for over two decades, yeah. you're a master. You but, know something about something. Yeah, I, yeah. I know something about something, but yeah. I, I with hair and, you know, there's always new styles and they're always reinventing themselves. Yeah. There's always new techniques. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I'm a fan, a literal fan of hair and you know, men's hair, women's hair. Mm. Just, like, I'm a fan of that. No, and I get you. I understand 100%. Hence, hence yeah. one part of the name Kid Cut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I got that Kid Cut name right there. Got you. So this, you got your name from Barber and before you got into That was music. one side of it. Okay. And then I got involved <coughs> very early. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I got very, I got in, involved with um, music very early, uh, just hanging out with some of my friends. Okay. Um, you know, you know, the, the boys in, 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 in your grade, they're, they're yeah. rappers now. For they want to sure. be a rapper. Uh -huh. And it's like, okay, cool. And then I went over, like lunchtime, we'd skip a couple lunch periods and uh, hang out at one of my brethren's gates and he okay. had a pair of uh, I think they were Gemini turntables uh -huh. and he had a few records there and I seen him going back and forth you know cutting from turntable one to turntable second because yeah. he can't sit <laughs> <that number. laughs> yeah. so anyways so you know what I mean so he's going back and forth on these two pieces of vinyl the same vinyl and yeah. I was like yo that is mad cool I want to learn mm -hmm. that Yeah, you know what I mean that was like Yo, I was interested, yeah. and then right I was away. right away. Yeah, and then he showed me where he got records, and then that you know that spawned this whole practicing thing and making mixtapes, and then mix CDs, and I got into production. Okay, for we're that. getting hold on. We're going. To, <laughs> listen, let's slow down a bit. Yeah. All right. So then 
you used to go to his house and practice or you eventually No, I just followed them. You know, like, you know, in high school, you're like, oh, those are the cool kids. They're rapping. Um, At the time, you know, I'm from the Rexdale area. So, Which high school uh, did you go to? I went to Marion Academy. It doesn't exist anymore. But that's in the heart of Rexdale. So that's the home of... um, ghetto concept wow yeah, yeah. so yeah. like if we keep talking yeah. i'll tell you how yeah. this whole ghetto concept we're gonna and keep the production talking and yes we're talking <laughs> we're talking uh, um and at the time like jelly stone was mm-hmm. from uh the the directs and he was rapping mm-hmm. and the guy's house that i ended up going to yeah um He's probably changed his DJ name three or four times. Yeah. And it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but like he does, he never even turned out to be a DJ. But okay. they were all rapping in the basement, and he was just going back and forth on the turntables. There was a mic, yeah, and they just re- record their sessions on audio cassettes. Yeah, right there. Rock. And I was seeing this like the rappers are coming over and rapping, and he's going back and forth on some popular pieces of vinyl. Yeah, and they're making a live. That that was my first taste of. Studio kind of vibe. Yes, for sure. I understand. And that, that tape, you know, a couple of people would have a copy of the tape and they would be listening yeah. to it. And, yeah. you know, I was like, yo, let me see if I could really do this. Okay. And here we are. Right now, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah. Where you used to go record shopping? Um, I started out, the first place I ever went to was Tracks. Yes, yes. And I met I the owner. Very shortly after, which was George. Okay. Um, which had a sound system. Okay. Which was shakedown, lighting, and sound. That I did not know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he was responsible for that. Yeah. And um, I just would go down there, save my lunch money every week, and purchase vinyl. Yep. And I started making little cassettes and labeling them myself. Mm-hmm giving it to my friends at school, selling them for five bucks and yeah. stuff like that. And people were saying my tapes are good. Yeah. And you were strictly DJing or you were hosting them also at that time? I, I was DJing and hosting them. It okay. was just, just yeah. you know, DJing and hosting. And um, I started making these $5 cassettes, drawing the artwork myself. Okay. Um putting the, the little J cards in the cassettes. This guy. And it just got to the point where I always wanted to step it up. So yeah. I'd do something. I'm like, oh, I wanted to do it better. Okay. And I kept doing it better. And then along the way, I hooked up with some of my friends that worked at HMV. So yes. I got a couple CDs that way. They, mm-hmm. um, they introduced me to other artists that I never knew about because okay. I was, you know, into vinyl and whatever yeah. came out on vinyl, like whether it be Brand Nubian or, you know, Black Moon or... So it was more hip-hop at that more time. More hip-hop based yeah. than, you know, Nina Simone and, yep. you know, like different or R&B artists, Brandy and stuff like that. Okay. But then there was these whole... There was Maxwell yeah. and Lenny Kravitz, uh-huh. and and they were showing me those CDs, and then, yeah. you know I just got fascinated with all different types of music, and and that's it. Well, that's not it, but you know <laughs> I mean I just got fascinated with music, and it was a passion, and and it didn't matter how much time I spent in the studio yeah. trying to mix or make mixtapes or perfect my craft or searching for music. Yeah. It 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 was never about the money. Yeah. The like, passion. It was about the passion. And looking 
back at everything, yeah. I probably, if I was to get a dollar for every hour I put in, yeah. I'd be a millionaire. For sure. Believe <laughs> it. <laughs> you know you don't mean? do as much as you've done without putting in a lot of hours. But it was like those hours, like, it was. it's funny how time flies when you're having yeah, fun. You know what sure. I mean? Like, hours would be like minutes to me. So mm-hmm. I would come home from school finish my homework at school yeah. so that my parents would never af- ask me, do you have to do your homework and, and whatever. And I'd spend all my, from I got home from like maybe like 3.30 all yeah. the way till 10.30 yeah. till I had to turn down the music just practicing. There was, like once again, there was no YouTube. Nope. You had to see somebody do something, uh-huh. try to memorize what they did and go, <laughs> go home, home and, and practice. try it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and you had to try it and try it and try it till you got it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, um, eventually practiced and I put in so much hours that got myself a radio show. What was the name of that show there? Um, It was actually not my show initially, but it was the Terra Dome radio show. Yes. And I was uh, filling in for a DJ that couldn't make it in the morning. And eventually the host couldn't make it in the morning. Hugman couldn't make it in the morning. So then I just kind of took it over. Yeah. And um, that was my radio show, and I had various guests on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the rest of the Baby Blue Sound crew come through. Yeah. We're skipping. <laughs> we're skipping. Who on We're skipping. We, we just chatting. We chatting. If, if you want to lay out, lay out the lines of yeah. everything. So if you want to ask me a specific question, I'll give you a specific yeah. answer. We could do okay. that way, or we could just So I guess out. everything, so Baby Blue started from the radio station? That's um, what we could say? No, no, I was I was on the radio and um I think Baby Blue Sound Crew unformally started. Mm-hmm. Um there was in I'm from Malton. Yeah. So there was a DJ in Malton. He goes by the name of KLC, Carrie Lee Crawford. Yep. Um he he was the DJ for basement parties. Okay. And yeah. at the time he was Carrie KLC, but the sound system that he was, that they had was called Twin Cobra with okay. DJ Super G. Yes, I remember that name. I remember and that one. Yeah. So ideally, they were Twin Cobra and they would do all these parties and stuff like that. And I was just a fan. So I'd like, whenever the basement parties would be there, okay. everybody's in the dark. You know, yeah. these guys would set up their elite <laughs> speakers on top yeah. of each other. Uh huh. The only light show you'd have is from them overpowering the speakers, the little little fuse inside. (laughs) The fuse inside the speaker box would light up. But everybody be having the greatest time, just whining and jamming and chilling Mm -hmm. in the basement. It's it's Mm -hmm. a vibes. Of course. And I'd be there just taking in the vibes, partaking in the vibes also, Mm -hmm. but keeping an eye on the DJ setup and how they set up the turntables. Yep. You like understand. What angle they set it up, uh-huh. what mixer they were using. Mm-hmm. And then me and KLC became friends because yeah. I said, yo, I want to do my own thing, but I didn't have all my vinyl Got you. pieces. And uh, I bought a creative records from him. And, you know. That's how everything started. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, like me thinking about it now, yeah. if, a younger individual came up to me, even yeah. though I seen you in, you know, in Malton or wherever, mm-hmm. asking me to borrow your hit, like yeah. your your records. Yeah. The answer is no, but for some reason, like yeah. you, you know, he was cool Just with me, vibe. and he's like, 
I think we brokered out some deal or something like that. Yeah. And um, and he lent me his records, and I played the high school, not even high school, my junior school. Yeah. Dance. Okay, with his records. With his records. That's so crazy. And um, you know, a lot of these records, I've never, I've heard them before, but I've yeah. never played them before. But the fact is that I was putting them on, yeah. and people were dancing, and I had yeah. the white kids going, yeah. and I had the black kids going. Yeah. Everybody, every was, you know, the teachers were like, "Oh, this is so cool! Like, we didn't yeah. even know you could do this." And the craziest thing is, yeah. I, I didn't even have proper turntables. I had yeah. like two realistic <laughs> turntables, one <laughs> with no pitch. No, no, no. Yeah. They had a pitch. They had, they had a pitch, but circle it, pitch. It, one had a circle pitch, yeah. and the other one had like a. In the front of it, you could slide the pitch faster and yes, slower. Yes, yes, yeah. So that's the other kind of circle pitch that goes from left to right. No, no, like you just—it's like a volume knob in the yes, front. Yes, yes. These are like like a hundred dollar turntables and stuff <laughs> like that. But um, I ended up playing yeah. with two different turntables. Mm -hmm. My father's realistic mixer mm -hmm. at the time, and that just—I just got a name in like. As the all ages yeah. kids DJ, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it went to high school mm -hmm. dances and. Did you have a DJ name at that time, or was just you just uh, playing? I, I think I was always Kid Cut, you know, yeah. because. Okay. I I think at the time I was. Yeah, I think I've always was was Kid Cut. Okay, but I, it was probably spelled with a C. Instead okay. of a K. Got you. Got you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. You're one of the few people I've ever spoken to that had their name from the beginning. Everybody's names changed multiple times along I, the way. You know, the, the funniest thing is I probably had a different name, mm -hmm. but I, for the life of me, the one that I can remember is Kid, Kid Cut. Cut. And um, if I... It was probably no name, yeah. like just my government yeah. name, to to to, to kid. Because yeah. I was like the youngest looking person. Even right now, I'm in the party and people are like, how old are you? You yeah. know what I mean? You haven't aged a bit. A bit, you know. You just cut your braids, but you haven't aged. Yes, God has blessed yeah. me and, and my mom. And, you know, mm -hmm. my dad hooked me up with some good jeans, you know? Clearly. Must you be our Levi's, you know, <laughs> Levi's jeans. Clearly. All right. Uh, so then that was your initial introduction to KLC? Uh, yeah, I think that was like one of the moments where there were some parties that I seen him there and, you know, he he brought his speakers and okay. their their sound to other house parties. Like, it, you know, at that time, there was a nightclub thing was never even an, an idea. It at was all. house parties. Uh -huh. It's like, who's having a party? Uh -huh. And, you know, you're getting these paper-made flyers that someone drew something yeah. up or and somebody typed something up. in school or photocopy, something. Photocopy, yep. some ghetto color paper. <laughs> and, yeah, and just hanging out, just seeing the sound. And that was the sound. There was a couple other reggae sounds. Yes. But he was the only person that was doing basement parties and, um, like, playing the music that would I would gravitate to. More hip hop. Well, they, they were doing hip hop or... and reggae. Yeah, the other basement parties were like, like just only reggae yes. and yes, and love us rock. Uh huh. And you know them them tunes yeah. from back in the day, the, <laughs> uh -huh. the, the, the basement classics. Uh huh. You know, and I trust me. I wherever there was a party, I was there. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, 
it just evolved. That's where it evolved. So then where do you guys sit down and said, hey, you know what? You bore the records and you bring it back where he came and seen you. And then where did everything no, start? No, I, really... I just, we just became friends. Yeah. Um, I, oh, there was a store. You know what? I lied. Yeah. Um, the first record store that I, as a kid, yeah. was purchasing records from was Northern Lights in Westwood Mall. Northern, no, I'm not familiar with yes, that one. Yes, um, it was, I forgot the owner's name. Yeah. But they, if I'm, if I, I think they were Filipino. Okay. And they had a record store in the mall and they were selling, them times like everybody was collecting records. My yes. big sister was collecting records. Um, she was collecting the Michael Jacksons mm -hmm. and she was collecting 45. So I had, I, I had records to start yeah. with, mm -hmm. you know, like, it was cool for girls to go and buy records. Buy records, yes. The Madonnas, the yes. um, all of those. Even yes. before that, like okay. you know, like like the Jermaine Stewart's <sighs> and all those records. She would have all of them on forty five. The Paula Abdul's mm -hmm. and those records. And I just inherited her collection. After yeah. a while, it wasn't cool. It yeah. was like you know the thing at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the only way you could hear music at that time was radio or vinyl. Vinyl, or you might have a cassette. cassette. And earlier than that would have been a track, but yeah, no, there was my, no. My sister wouldn't be no in <laughs> So she had a couple cassettes, and, and that, yeah. that's funny you said yeah. that she had a Janet Jackson cassette. Mm -hmm. She had um, the Run DMC cassette. Yes. Um, she had a few cassettes that okay. I inherited. Yes. After she, it wasn't cool yeah. anymore. <laughs> but. Um, that's the stuff that I, I came up on. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, 100% agree because we're in the exact same way because that's the same thing. My older sister mm -hmm. collecting the Janet Jacksons, the um, Tupac, early Tupac, um, SWV, the Mary J. Black, all of those stuff there yeah. from back then. So you yeah. get it. Yeah. You know like I mean? that That was that my foundation. Yeah. So bringing it back to your question, how did me and KLC hook up? Um I was doing the radio station in Toronto, CHRY at the time. Yep. 105.5, yeah. 105.5, is, which is now Vibe. Mm -hmm. And he was doing a Windsor um, radio station, and he was the host and the DJ. And, I, like, somehow he was having parties up there, and he needed an MC. Got you. So he'd be like, yo, kid, come down, come down. Yeah. And I would be on the radio in Toronto saying, yeah, I'm going out to Windsor to go play a party. You know. Hyping it up. Hyping it up. Yeah. And eventually we got a couple gigs and uh, we started running under the name of Baby Blue Sound Crew. Just how did you guys even come up with that name? Uh, that's another art class project. The Baby Blue yeah. Sound Crew thing, it was... Um, which 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 name? <laughs> which reason behind the name of Baby Blue Sound Crew do you want? Um, there, there's a couple. There's like uh, the more corporate idea of the Baby Blue Sound Crew. How that was invented is okay. like we were the babies into the music game. Got you. Blue was a color that represents boys. Yes. So we just said Baby Blue Makes Sound sense. Crew because everything was a sound crew. KRS One yeah. had the sound, sound number crew, one right? song. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. Okay, let's let's do this. Yeah. So ideally, um, we we got into this. I drew a picture of the Baby Blue Sound Crew, some funny characters and stuff yeah. like that, and that was the initial Baby Blue logo. Okay, and then the one with the the big head baby holding. Which, which, if you really look at that, yeah. that is um, the logo is almost uh, 
a character of KLC. Okay. But at the time, it kind of works. It was a baby, and yeah. Bad Boy was doing the Bad yes, Boy yes. rattle uh-huh. thing. So it was like... Put everything into one, and this yes. is what you got. Yeah, yeah you know, we, we, we seen, like, what was happening in the industry. Okay, this works, yeah. so let's do this. Yeah. So it, 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 we had a baby blue logo okay. and that I initially drew, and then it was refined yes. by uh, another artist by okay. the name of Tanya. Okay. She was a female DJ. Okay. Um, uh, and then it was refined again by yeah. Universal. Okay. Yeah, they smoothed out the edges and stuff. So wow. it's it, it still, it just, it was the baby growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so <laughs> It just kept being refined, and yeah. now you have that logo there. So originally, it started with just you and KLC? Yes. Okay. And then um, there was a couple characters that were hanging around our parties because yeah. we were playing, you know, there was different ways to approach a party. You could approach a party with just hip-hop. Yeah. And there was guys and girls at a hip-hop party, but a lot of people wanted to... to we're, we're more Caribbean, so they, yes. they want to hear the reggae. Yes. And hip-hop parties were not really the reggae parties. Yeah. So we started playing music, ideally the reggae okay. and the hip-hop, plus we were catering more to women. Because at the time, it's like, dude, I want to meet girls. <laughs> I, like, I want to be around women. Like, you hey, know what this mean? is our way in. You know Guys, I mean? when you you know, like it's fun to be hanging out with your your friends and your your dudes and stuff. Yeah. But all they're doing is nodding their head. But yeah. girls are like dancing, they're whining, they're yeah. bumping and having shaking, they're having a good time. Like, yo, that's the life I want to be a part yeah. of. You know what I mean? Like, and you could see the instant. Like, you'd play a, a, an amazing record. They'd yeah. be singing, they'd be dancing. You knew it was working right away. Well, for fellas, they'd be sitting there. They'd be like with their hoodies on and just chilling and yeah. nodding their head to hip hop. It's like, yeah, this is cool, but yeah. So, but you know what I mean, there's no eye candy for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it might, it might sound that way, but like it just wasn't what it wasn't made that way. It wasn't yeah. intended that way. Yeah, so like for me, I was like, yo, I just wanted to be around uh people who enjoyed the music. Yeah. And, you know, have some eye candy. Mm-hmm. And you could see when you play the right record, they were just having a good time. So yeah. we merged the hip hop with the R&B and the reggae. And there was nobody doing that at that time as there was a one, few sounds. one entity. There was, there was there was a few sounds that were doing it. I remember growing up, um, there was a couple sounds out of Malton, some older sounds. Okay. There, uh, and that was playing hip hop, R&B and reggae? Yeah, I know DJ Quincy from Ebony. Okay, yes. Ebony Sound Crew. Yeah. He's been DJing from yeah. from back then. Um, there was a Sunshine Crew for sure. They were doing big their up Warren and those guys over yes. there. Big up the big boss. Yeah, that man. They were doing those things. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not gonna say that we were before them. No, so, you were hence in the your baby. yes, in your generation. Yes, in yeah. our generation, we were yeah. the babies. Yes, yeah. definitely. So you know, KLC, uh, he got involved in some DMC. Turntablism, yo. Okay. In 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 KLC's heyday, yeah, he was a turntable like cutting it back and forth. I didn't know that. He had a big cameo, yeah, like going back and forth. Not bad, being a bad, 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 bad. Good, 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 good. He was, you know, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, yeah. In his heyday, yeah. There's only a few people that could mess with him. Okay. 
Yeah, you. Yeah, he was, and then he masterminded how to program a party. That was the magic right there, the and then, magic sauce. And then what I masterminded, yeah. it, it was how to make a, a mixtape holding yeah. someone's attention. Okay. That was your specialty. Yes. Yeah. So, and figuring out, at the time when we were, when I was making the mixtapes, I would have to go out and purchase all the records and yeah. figure out. Yeah. You would have to play a record and try to mix it with a record and be like, nah, that doesn't sound that good. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this record's too fast or this record's too slow. There was no BPM. Nope. You had to figure it out manually. You just have to hear it and be like, okay, this yeah. has, I'm not in my head to mm -hmm. this tempo. Mm -hmm. This might be able to work. Yeah. And this might be able to work. And you just, you know, just at the time we were laying the foundation for a lot of people to come up with great mixes. So uh -huh. I would put out, um, KLC would help me. Um, DJ Chief would help on, yeah. on the mixtapes. Okay. But I would... Okay. <laughs> but um Chief, how did Chief get in? Chief was um DJ in. Yeah. Um with starting I think he was playing early out for starting from scratch at the time. Okay. And uh he would do some parties at Ooh, what was the name of that club? Erica had that club downtown. Oh, on on Young Street there, Young and Shepherd. Um, no, no, no. Downtown when they were downtown. She well, had what started downtown first and then she brought it to Young and Shepherd? Yes. What was that club downtown oh, that Scratch Every used to play? Saturday, oh man. I don't know not if it was Dreams. Not California it, Dreams. It, yeah, it was California Dreams. California Dreams. Yes. Yes. And um Dr. J was in there a yep. few times and he was going by and he was traveling and playing Caribbean music and he was playing reggae and soca at mm -hmm. the time and and his name was DJ Brave. I think it was Brave Star. It was Brave Star. We had him on a podcast, a couple podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So like these so guys. So you guys were Baby Blue and he was Brave Star at the exact same time. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I think when we were starting to come up as Baby Blue, mm -hmm. he switched his name into, went into, slowly went into Dr. J. Got you. Yeah. So, but ideally, where are we at with this question? I yeah. know we ran How Chief got into, into the fold. Oh, Chief. Um, yeah. yeah, he was playing there. And then ideally, we needed someone who specialized in reggae. And, like, okay, we need someone who specialized in reggae and mainly in soca. Okay. Right? Because it, it's, it's one thing to collect all the hip-hop and R&B records. Mm -hmm. So I... Hands down, I'd be on top of the hip-hop, the new hip-hop, and the R&B. And plus, you'd get a lot of new records from the radio station. The promo vinyls would come in. They'd okay. get 10 copies. You'd grab two copies there. And you're good. Yeah. And then because I had that status at the radio station, I got a little status at tracks and played a record. Yeah. And they would big put some- Big up Eugene again. Yes. Big up mm -hmm. Eugene, yo. Mm -hmm. um, he would put some records aside for me. Mm -hmm. And- so that's how I was starting to get a lot of the exclusive pieces. Okay. And we needed someone who was on top of the soca and reggae scene, and Chief was playing, opening up with For Scratch. Yeah. And he was, I think he was playing, also playing Epiphany at the time. Yes, yes. So um, he was into reggae and soca. Yeah. So, so if we added. Natural. The hip hop to the yeah. R and B, yeah. and we had someone who was dedicated to the reggae and soca. We were unstoppable. Crazy, crazy. And then you know, as time went on, we added C Boogie to the group, which yeah. is Charlie Brown, mm -hmm. and um, we added Singlefoot. 
Yes. Those were characters in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but the thing about it was, um, it was never a big, you know, like there was no sound with five or six people. No way. It was like no one or two way. people doing a sound thing, you know. Three maximum. But uh, as time went on, it started to make sense because there were so many boy band groups. Got you. So and you're a boy band DJs. Ideally. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. So, and, and the whole thing is I went to school for graphic design. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, yo, if these boy bands are working, why can't we be the boy band DJ group? Crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I think KLC had, like, we, it was a conversation. It's just not like mm-hmm. when I say, yeah, yeah. It's not just me. It's like yeah, some yeah. something that we kind of said, and KLC KLC said that uh, this would probably work, and then we created the boy band group. And do you remember what year this was? Boy, <laughs> um, I know that the the the, the CDs with the record company probably came out in two thousand. Okay, so is it was. 1997-ish? Yeah, man. I never forget. Listen, when Baby Blue was out and popping, yeah. anywhere Baby Blue is at, that's where you want to be because that's where the vibe is 110%. Baby Blue, boss. Definitely, definitely. We had a vibe. We had a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. That was amazing times. So you were the one that originally started putting out the mix. Were they cassettes or they were cassettes, actual CDs at that cassettes. time? Cassettes. And I do. I think the the first mixtape that actually started to kick down the door was uh, a CD or sorry mixtape that we released in 1995. Okay. It was called 95 Live. Okay, that was the beginning. Yes, and yeah. it was it was mass produced on a custom blue cassette. Okay. Nobody was doing that yeah. at the time. No way. And um, 95 Live featured artists like Ghetto Concept. Okay. Um, it featured new tracks from Ghetto Concept. We were breaking these records, and a lot of these records we put on dub plates at the okay. time. Um, Cardinal. Hip-hop dubs. Hip-hop dubs. Okay. And um, Cardinal, Socrates, yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I One of... I think I know Julie was in the mix yes. also, mm-hmm. and I think Shaw Claire and those guys. Shaw Claire was in the mix. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these guys, we were on the ninety-five live yep. breaking ground of these artists as time, you know, started to pass. Mm-hmm. We ended up going on tour. Yeah, crazy to support. Yeah, this this whole baby blue movement. So the mixtape ninety five live was that all Canadian artists or that was a mix of it everything? was it was a mix of everything yeah. I think the ninety five live tape was just before the release of that was KLC had his radio show at the time I had my radio show at the time okay. and we released nineteen ninety five or ninety five live and we had all these Canadian artists on it so it had a buzz in itself for sure and from off of that buzz. Mm-hmm. We went on to do G. Ross Park. Crazy. G. Ross was by Dufferin and Finch. And how that even happened, it was a promotion company that said they want to have a party at Blocko in the park. I remember They this. brought us in. Mm-hmm. We lined up a generator. Mm-hmm. And at the time, 
like Karis one, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, those uh-huh. records were were popping the, you know, busting the place and Biggie, um, hypnotize. No, no, not even. I think not. Or party and bullshit at that time there. It was after party and bullshit because party and bullshit was nineteen ninety six or ninety four, yeah. so around those times. But it like I think Biggie had a record like, um. That mixed with Karis one. Um, what was that mix? Uh, I think it was. Um, doom, niggas, doom, doom, doom. Yes, yes, um, yes. I know. I can't remember the name, but I know one hundred percent. Was it? Dun, 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 if you love hip hop, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that record was out. And those were records. Anyways, long story short. We, I announced it on my radio show. KLC announced it on his radio show. The promotion team put out flyers. Yeah. We had in the park, we had about, uh, I want to say, a thousand people. Crazy. In a park. Yeah. Yeah. And it was G. Ross Park. I don't even think we got all the permits at the time. We yeah. had one or two <laughs> permits. And that started the Blocko era. And uh-huh. every book. Everybody and their mama wanted to try a blocko. Yeah. You know, oh, man, I do a blocko, man, I do a blocko. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they, <laughs> they started asking us to to appear at these blockos and stuff like that. So. It was just a perfect storm of things that just happened at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the craziest thing about all of this, mm-hmm. we were doing it. It wasn't even necessarily for the girls. It was just to say, yo. This would be cool to do. Yeah. So and let's it wasn't try it. and it wasn't even about the money. Yeah. It was like this would be cool to do. No one's ever done that. No. It would be so fresh if we could do this. Mm-hmm. And it was it was all passion driven. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think you guys exploded the way you did because of the passion. It wasn't just money like okay, let's just do this for money. It's passion. I like this. I love this. You guys seen a lot was what was going on in the states mm-hmm. and try to bring it to a Canadian standpoint. Because remember, at that time, there was no flow commercial radio station playing hip-hop at that time. Oh, I, I think we had WBLK. But that's still not, that's not Canadian. That's <laughs> Buffalo. That's over the pond. We didn't have one in Canada yet. No, no, we didn't have we didn't have no radio station at that time. Um, only thing we did have was, um, we did have Electric Circus yeah. and we did have Rap City. Rap City. Mm-hmm. And there was an R&B one with Roxy. What was that one? There was an R&B one also. Was it R&B one? Or I was it Rap City? Rap City. No, bef- Electric Circus. And there was one other one. It was like a combination of the two. And yes. they had some reggae records. Yes. Master T was doing yes. the show. Whatever. Yes. Master T Mix or whatever that's his TV mm-hmm. show. Extend the mix. Extend the mix. That's what it yes. was. Yes. Yeah. So like that's and that only happened like once, maybe once a week. Yeah. Twenty minutes here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like if you missed it, you missed it. Mm-hmm. If you did not sit in front of the TV and videotape those, <laughs> push play and record on your uh-huh. VCR, just capture gone. those dance music yeah. videos. You know it was gone. Mm-hmm. And then the next biggest thing mm-hmm. to educate the people and the masses was this Baby Blue mixtape mm-hmm. or tape series. Yeah. Um, we did double tapes. We yes. did four packs, two packs. You guys even did a four pack. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were slinging tapes like yeah. out the trunk. And this was pre before you guys got to Universal. 
Oh, yeah. That's what even actually got that's us our deal. Okay, so then what had happened first? Did an issue with the mixtapes happen first or Universal no, happen first? No, well, you know, the just at the time, you know, you're, you're young, you're naive, and you're For just sure. like, oh, this would be cool. Oh, uh-huh. this would be cool. Let's and just try it. Let's, there's no one saying we can't do it, so yeah. we always did it. So we, everybody was putting out mixtapes, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, the, the the baby blue mixtapes got so popular. Other DJs started started putting out their mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mastermind came up with his Mastermind series. Okay, amazing hip hop series. Yes, props out to Mastermind. He did mm-hmm. his thing. Um, there was tapes. Yeah. Big shouts out to Mastermind. I've actually <laughs> went to Mastermind's house and borrowed vinyl from Mastermind. Okay. To put on my my yeah. my tapes. CDs. You know what I mean? So yeah. CDs or then it, then everybody was doing tapes. Yeah. And to separate yourself, all we always want to separate and take everything to the next, next level. Level always, mm-hmm. like even to this day, I'm always trying to take everything to the next level. Renaissance man. Um, we started at that time technology of burning CDs, and CD burners mm-hmm. were released. Yeah. So you had to buy certain CDs. You had to burn CDs. You had to have, buy writable CDs. Yes. That you could burn a master. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is even before some of the big CD pressing companies. They were, you know, if you're a Canadian artist or American artist, you could go to a CD plant and just press your CDs as yeah. long as you pay per, your, per unit. Okay. So we started burning them ourselves. Yeah. And then we started taking the CDs and mass burning the CDs and pressing them. Oh, it started pressing them also. Pressing them. That's where the game changed. That's where the game changed because yeah. instead of doing 500, mm-hmm. we ended up doing like maybe 30,000. What? Yeah, over a period of time. It's not yeah. like we went there and said, okay, give me 30,000 CDs. <laughs> you know, like you, you burn a thousand, yeah. you go through this, you sell them. Yeah. And then you, know, and then you it, it was like we had a commodity. So it, it was like we would turn around and broker out some of the CDs to other mom and pop stores. Yes. Not I calling any names. Some mom and pop stores uh-huh. still owe me thousands of dollars. <laughs> me thousands of dollars. You know, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they take your CDs that you, you, you know, you do a consignment yeah. and you go back you, for your CDs. Oh, we sold the CDs. And then, you're like, where's the money? Oh, well, you know, we did have to pay our rent. You want to see Bridget coming like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the, a lot of these record stores and, yeah. and stuff closed down. They're yeah. not, they're. They don't exist. They don't exist. Yeah. They don't exist because of the shady practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to maliciously call out any names. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, props to tracks, yeah. play the record. 100%. 100, 100, 100. They've done so much for the Canadian culture mm-hmm. um, uh, just by shipping in these pieces of vinyl, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and selling these CDs. And as I started moving quantity through these places, mm-hmm. it got to a point where everybody's like, oh, Baby Blue's doing CDs. Why don't I do blue CDs? And the record company had to shut it down like yeah. real fast. Because uh-huh, it was going to get out of control real quickly. Yeah, it was. And and, and at the same time, um, when we were making CDs, mm-hmm. we were making the promo CDs for the record company, whether it be for Universal 
whether it be for BMG, mm-hmm. whether it be for Sony. We yeah. were making, they were like, oh yeah, we have some records that we want to get out to the masses. Could you make us a sampler tape? Sure. No, no problem. No. I could do that. So we were working for all of the record companies. Some for you. Yeah. Some for me. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> no, we pick, we, we'd purchase our own records and put yeah. it on our mix CD. Got you. But they would have, they want to do their summer sampler yeah. or just get music out to people and give away. Time free music to people mm-hmm. so that people could be like, oh, I never heard this song. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go buy the album. Yeah, It was an advertising tool. So we would work individually as an agent for each individual record company. Okay. So we, I know that we did a huge one for BMG, yeah. a huge one for Sony. Uh, Sony, well, Sony and BMG yeah. merged after, yes. but when they were separated. You did uh, one for each partner. One for each, did Universal. Yeah. And, um, they mass produced this stuff all across the, the country. So they actually helped make the brand even bigger. Yeah. So the brand was big. They even helped making it bigger. And then when everybody tried to get onto the CD game, um, they decided one, there was a bidding war yeah. between a couple of labels and Universal won out. Okay. And we put out the Private Party series. That's big, big, big. And how many of those did you guys actually put out? Um, I know both of them. We did platinum on the private party volume one. Yeah. And I think we did platinum on private party volume two. Mm-hmm. The plaques came later, but I knew I couldn't wait. I was like, yo, yeah. <laughs> they're like, we have a gold plaque if you want it now. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, or or you could wait for your platinum. I just took the gold plaques because yeah. I was like, platinum may never yeah. come. <laughs> For you and me, yeah. platinum's not promised. But you know what? So I just took the gold plaques. But I know that eventually, mm-hmm. over the years, it, they both did go platinum. And then we also dropped a, a CD with Universal called Nostalgia. I remember that one. Yeah. And yeah. to this day, there's a very big party that I, I host mm-hmm. every so often mm-hmm. called Nostalgia. Yeah, And that's originally where that whole concept and idea came from. Yes. That's crazy. And the craziest thing is, big shouts out to Brock and Lowe. Um, back in the day, mm-hmm. I, uh, we used to do a club. Someone actually came up to me yesterday and said, yo, I never really met you. But, yo, if it wasn't for you guys doing, um, what's that club in the hotel, the basement of the hotel? Um, Where was it by again? Uh, oh, by the, Down by the airport. Oh, I know what you're talking about. In the bottom. Jade? Jade Nightclub. Jade Nightclub, yes. And Brock was, I remember talking to Brock. Brock told me that he was, if you don't know Brock. Yeah. That guy's a renaissance man right yeah. now. <laughs> like, yeah. he's behind so much stuff. One Love T.O. Okay. Um, he He's behind, I don't even want to sell his credits short, but yeah. he's a behind a lot. And they're also they're, their party series is Nostalgia. He told me he was a busboy in that club. And he would take in the vibes that we were putting down, and he yeah. was so blown away from it then. Yeah. And he's like, he every time I like every time I see Brock, he's mm. like, "Yo, you gotta come do nostalgia." Yeah. Cause it, it's almost <laughs> like uh, he's he's like, "Yo, this is what I grew up yes. to," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, sure, why not?" Mm. You know what I mean? It's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those records come like second nature. I. I can tell you word for word yeah. and and how they're supposed Crazy. to be played and when they're supposed to be played and how to get the most impact and I'm like yeah so they they 
they had me out at their nostalgia yeah. party. Respect yeah. out to them. Yeah, that's big. Baby Blue Sound Crew, the biggest thing ever yeah. to come out of Toronto as a crew. Yes, as a crew. Yeah. Which, which, funny enough, when we went to Jamaica, there was um, DJ Khaled was out there. Yes, yes, I remember that too. And DJ Khaled was doing his thing, and I, I remember Black Chiny we were making their remixes for DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. We went out there, we cut some dubs, and we played Fully Loaded. And uh, You played Fully Loaded? I, I think it was Overloaded for Delano. Yes, and Jazzy T. Yes. And those guys, yes. Jazzy's in Toronto now. Yeah. It's a small world. Wow. It's a small world. Yeah. And... Um, we got an opportunity to mess with some of the, the Jamaican artists out there, and I met up with Sean Paul. Okay. I ended up putting together the Money Jane track with Sean Paul and Cardinal. Big, amazing, amazing song. Big yes. song. And um, video. It was inspired by Cardi. Cardi had the, the initial idea of the song, and he had Julie on there, and I went down there and brought that to... Sean. Okay. And we sat in the studio and ended up recording Money Jane. In Jamaica. Yeah. Crazy. I it was it was, you know, like this is before like Jeremy Jeremy Harden yes. was uh managing Sean Paul at the time. I don't know if he's still managing him. Mm-hmm. Um but they were in I got a chance to hang out at their studio. Yeah. And in Jamaica at that Yes. Time. And them times Wayne Marshall was just bossing mm-hmm. and hanging out with Wayne and um who else? There's there was a like Mr. Vegas, yes. Bo Killer, yes. Tony Mataran, uh-huh. like like chilling with these guys. Yeah. Like these guys were just on the cuff of bossing uh-huh. the place. You know, Bonte had a few records at the time. Mr. Vegas had a few records at the time. You know, Sean Paul was coming out with the Dutty Cup crew. Yes, and what made you choose to work with Sean Paul over everybody else? I, um, it was actually KLC's idea because um, he he was, he's a, he would make an amazing A&R. Yeah. Um, he said, yo, Sean Paul is dope, yeah. but he's not getting no love in yard, but he yeah. has some wicked tunes, and you know he's he looks like Spanish, light skin. It's easy, easy to get, sell, easy sell. Uh-huh. It's good to digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we put that if we put that together with one of our Canadian artists to make it our own. Yeah, we could um, actually brand it to the Canadian market, and they would they take it in. You know, it's yep. not too hardcore for them. Yes, and at the time, Shaggy was having massive success, and he was. You know, mm-hmm. doing that pop kind of reggae. So we were like, okay. Soften it up a bit. Sean Paul's accent wasn't that hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was something you could understand. And mm-hmm. that, we went up for a Juno and um, we didn't win Yeah, that year. Okay. For that track. Yeah. But we ended up performing at the Junos. And it was like a huge mm-hmm. thing. And that was like Sean Paul's introduction to Canada. From there, it, he just linked Sean, up with Little X. Sean Paul bus from here, you know. We all know this, right? We know that. All right, all right. But he he did have he did have his little vibes going in in in. in well, he had a big vibes going in in Yad, and then he 
Hot 97 started playing him, Jabba, yeah. and mm-hmm. those guys started playing him, and then we did the Canadian yeah. thing. And that he took off from here because all of his early videos yes. were filmed here. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know I mean? he, he, he gravitated to the Canadian vibe. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, there's an opportunity to bust. Mm-hmm. And I remember shooting Money Jane down at Lake Shore. I yeah. think it's uh, they have a pavilion down there. Okay. And we did a video there. Yeah. And... Kevin DeFreitas was the director at the time. Mm-hmm. And that video went number one for like why months. Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> once, once, Legendary. once on much music. This yeah. is, I, I don't think you understand what kind of history you guys have in the city from those times right there. It's an amazing thing you've done. But I think because you're just living it, you yeah. don't really understand how amazing it really was. You, you know, the craziest thing is... Mm-hmm. This one thing, I I never actually wanted to be one of those people be like, yeah, this is what we did, and yeah, yeah back I did in my that. Day. Back, back in, in my, my day. I always thought those dudes were like so massive mm-hmm. corny. So even to this day, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not what I've done. It's yeah. what's the last thing you've done. Yeah. And what are you going to do next? Yep. You know, I never really tried to live in the past. Yeah. Like living in the past is like, come on, that means you're done and you're living in the past. I'm just trying to push everything forward and and keep moving, you know? Yeah. No, which you're definitely doing. Yeah. Where did the cracks start to come in this massive empire, Baby Blue? Um, Baby Blue, the cracks. I wouldn't say, it's just like, you know, after a period of time, it's like we've been doing it. We did it for um about almost a decade. That's how long it really was. Yeah, almost about yeah. A, almost about a decade. Okay. Almost. Yeah. Um as Baby Blue, right? Or as the makings of Baby yeah. Blue. Like so that's before anybody even knew what it was. Yeah. Um and while in the heyday of mm-hmm. Baby Blue, ideally you you grow. Yeah. You know, I I was getting a little tired it's very hard to wake up every other night in a different city, a different <laughs> yeah. hotel. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, we have to get get on the bus. Mm-hmm. Or come on, get in the car, we're going to another city. Yeah. It's like we're living hotel to hotel. And, it, you know, I, it just, it just, after a while of you doing the same thing over and over, it got monotonous yeah. for, you know. Who became almost a... Disgruntle first. Disgruntle. Yeah. I'm using that. That's the only word I could think I would, of I would right say. Now. I wouldn't say nobody got disgruntled. Yeah. Um, it just, just, we just decided like, it, it just wasn't fun anymore. It, like, cause it, it turned into a business now. Yes. Yeah. So when we were doing it, even when we were doing it, um, when we started doing the record deal, there were, you know, there was a lot of naysayers like, yeah. oh, it could never be done. They can't travel. They can't yeah. tour. What kind of a show could they possibly put on? As DJs. As DJs. Crazy. Like five guys. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do as a DJ? You don't <laughs> sing no song. You're not yeah. even a rapper. But um, it was the energy and the passion. And yeah. and what really kept us going is like our early tour shows mm-hmm. that we did. We did for like, we were playing parties for 
keeping our own parties for proper money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was never really about the money. Yeah. It, it, we When we got on tour, like, our first gigs were for free, and then it went to for, like, $500. Touring between five guys touring in all these places. Yeah, so basically yeah. we, and that money, like, that $500 that was made, it would mm-hmm. just probably go into food and yeah. and per diem and back on the tour bus. Yeah. So it was like, like, Working a whole year yeah. for like chump change, you know what I mean? But it wasn't about the money. Yeah, it was a passion, the vibe, the energy. And then the next thing, like that five hundred dollars went to a thousand bucks. Then yeah. it went to two thousand, then to three thousand, and you know, eventually kept going up. And then yeah. McDonald's was like, "Yo, we're having our staff party, and we are going to rent out to ACC, and we want you to headline to ACC." <laughs> what? And then there was phone calls coming in, like, "Oh." Um, TLC needs somebody to open up for them at yeah. the ACC. Money. Um, then it was like phone calls like, oh, D'Angelo's in town. Who's D'Angelo? He has a single called Brown Sugar. We want you to open up. Like, you know, it, it, like all these calls and then Erica Badu and then 112 and... and it just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Trust me. And then eventually it kept going. And it, the money started coming in, and yeah. it was no longer a fun thing. It was still fun, yeah, but it was no like business. No. It was a business, and yeah. it was it started to turn into a money mm-hmm. scenario, yeah. right? And it's like, yeah. oh well, I didn't get this, and I needed this, and da 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 da. That's where the cracks start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, obviously, everybody feels that they're deserving of more, mm-hmm. and. um Eventually, it's just like, okay, you know, once you get a taste, like, I, I hate to compare our scene to basketball, but you know, like okay. basketball players, mm-hmm. when they're young in the game and they're, they're trying, and they're trying to get that, that contract, yeah. they're, they're ripping the court up. Yeah. But then when they get the money. It's a different scenario. They cool off real quick. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to call out anybody's names, mm-hmm. but if you watch basketball, it's the same story over and yeah. over and over and over and over. A lot of time when these ballers get the money, yeah. it's it's about the money. It's not about the passion. So the money changed the situation or it changed the people or it changed? Uh, it changed a little bit of the dynamic. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It just changed how we were flying out. Yeah. It changed when we were flying out. Yeah. It changed where we were staying. Mm-hmm. And when you become accustomed to a certain lifestyle, it's like when we were coming up, it, we would take any show. Yeah. It was like, oh, you want to have a party in in your gym? Yeah. <laughs> at this university? Sure. Why yeah. not? You want us to come to Bermuda? Yeah. Bahamas? Jamaica? Sure. Why not? Yeah. You want us to play at the dockyard outside yeah. here? You're like, sure, why not? Yeah. Then after a while, it's like, oh, well, we have to pick and choose our events. Yeah. Because now it's an image. You made it to this level. Yeah. So then now I got to look this way and keep it inside of this box right here. And then it started to take a little bit of the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, for me. Yeah. You know, it, it like, it, it didn't matter where we were. It, like, it, it's like, if people were there. Yeah. And they were ready to have a good time. Yeah. And there was a sound system that was loud enough. Yeah. You're, let's go. I want to be. That's where I want to be. Yeah. If it was on the back of a truck, 
for a parade route, yeah. I want to be there. It didn't, I don't mind, it's not about money. Yeah. It was about energy. 100% agreed. You know what I mean? If you're flying us in to play, you know, like a court match or whatever, where, like, a soccer field or whatever, sure, hell yeah. But then it, it, when you got involved into the label, you have to pick and choose. You have a booking agent. Well, you guys can't take this game. gig for this number. They have to bid on this. And then it just became, you know, so I, you know, after a while, I scaled it back. Mm-hmm. And I still got that passion. I'm still out in the part. Like, I pick and choose my parties now. Yeah. A lot of times I set my numbers so that I don't have to do every party. I don't have to do every Thursday, mm-hmm. every Friday. Keep yourself every, exclusive I can to pick, that level there. I can pick and choose. Yeah what events I'm at. And I know that every event that I pick and choose mm-hmm. is going to be a good event. Yeah. Like, I, when they see my name, they're like, oh, he's always at a good party. Mm-hmm. And so automatically they say, okay, we're going over here because we know what we're going to get. Definitely. You know what I mean? So it's, it wasn't about taking every Monday night, Wednesday yeah. night, Thursday night party. Mm-hmm. It's just like I picked and choose. Like, if I want to do a Thursday, I do a Thursday. If I want to do the Saturday or Sunday, I do those parties. You kept it at a level. So when you left Baby Blue, what was the first thing you started to do from there? Um, I just, I didn't, it was like I left. I just stopped doing Baby Blue events because it just wasn't at you know, it yeah. wasn't here for me. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, a heart movement. Okay. You know what I mean? So I was like, uh, I wasn't motivated to do it. So I just said, let's just bring it back yeah. to, like, you want me to play your gym? Yeah. You want me to play um, Atlantis? You want me to play... You want to touch the people again. You yeah, know I mean? just want, like, yeah. for me, working up a sweat and people say, yo, you guys play tough, you're yeah. wicked, yeah. or the energy's crazy, like, mm-hmm. yo... Yo, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. What made you climb up top of those speaker boxes? Yeah. Did you think you're gonna drop off? Like, <laughs> mind you, I have I fell off stages, you but <laughs> but but like it's like yeah. um, just bringing it back to that, yeah. and that's what you really wanted. That's what in your yeah. heart of hearts, that's what you felt. Yeah. So is that where you went into the Excalibur? That's what came next. Oh yeah, me and Jester. Um, very talented DJ. Jester was always there in the beginning while we were Baby Blue. He, okay. was, he was opening up a lot of um, doors yeah. for us, um, like like opening up. He was like an opening DJ, yeah. and then we'd come on after. He'd get put on a lot of the parties. Um, we're just cool people. Yeah. And he was very passionate. You could see that. And I, well, he is still very passionate. And mm. at the time, myself, I... I was very passionate, and yeah. I still am. Mm-hmm. Um, so our energies just clicked. Started making mis- mixed tapes. We yeah. started out making, I think the first tape that we did was History in the Making. Okay. Um, since that very first, we went on tour. Because all the places I toured with Baby Blue, yeah. I was good uh, friends with the promoters. Yeah. So I just kept the link. And this is under Excalibur now? Under, no, just Jester and Kid. Okay. Kid Cut. Like more times they would put me first because okay. they knew who I was. Okay. And then um, Jester uh, said, oh, well, Doggy Slaughter has a sound in Trinidad and he, he wants to add us to the sound. And I was like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were added to the sound and then we started playing under Excalibur. We played for Excalibur for like mm, two years, three okay. years. Yeah. And then eventually um, 
we were always Excalibur, but we were always pushing our own personal brand. Yeah. I'd be Kid Cut from Excalibur. Yeah. Jester would be Jester from Excalibur. Excalibur. Got you. And um, right now, Jester's still touring. Yep. Still traveling. Mm-hmm. The passion is still there. Um, I pick and choose. Yeah. The events that that I want to go to. Yeah. Or I can go to because of my other businesses and stuff like that. And... Still doing it, still yeah. loving it, still passionate. The about voice it. of the vibe. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. What's yes. your plans right now? Where Where do we see? Sorry, sir. What direction do we see Kid Cut going right now? Um, what's next for Kid Cut? Yeah. I think I want to get into a little bit more into production. Okay. Um, I have been. There's so much great. Uh, talent coming out of Toronto. It's amazing right now. But, you know, just finding an artist that I can champion for myself. Are you looking more hip-hop, R&B, reggae, or when you see them, you'll know it? Uh, I'm not really partial. It it doesn't really matter. It could be hip-hop, reggae, or R&B, but what comes naturally out of me Mm -hmm. is... I would say R and B and soul. Okay, that that is like natural. Yeah, but I am from the school of hip hop, so mm-hmm. I do love hip hop. Okay, but hip hop doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it, it exists, yeah. but not like the way we know it. So yeah. it's like trap now. Yeah, so which is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really necessarily bounce that way. Big shouts out to Drake, yeah. Tory Lanez, uh-huh. um, a lot of the MCs coming out of the city. You know, Pressa and. Yep. All those individuals that are doing, doing their, their thing. thing. Yep. You know, it's, it makes me really proud to know that when you think back, Dream Warriors kicked in the door, or Maestro kicked in the door for Dream Warriors. Yep. And then Dream Warriors kicked in the door for that's where you guys came in right after Baby that. Blue Sound yes. Crew. <laughs> The I, ghetto concepts, the cardinal officials, the shock the, um, players, yes, yeah. Socrates and all that. We can't forget Mission Me too. She was part of that Maestro Fresh West. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. So and then now all of that stuff has all been laid down. Cardinal has put down a mm-hmm. lot of groundwork. One hundred percent kicking in the door for artists like Drake. Yes, and um, Jellystone put in work, mm-hmm. and you know everybody. Putting everybody work. put in their laid their bricks. You know what I mean? So, so that everybody else could walk on it. And it's amazing to see what Drake is doing with his, you know, the, b- the baton being passed to him. Because mm-hmm. I remember when Drake was cutting tracks with, like, um, Socrates. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and now Drake is a decade. I just told my sister that yesterday. I said, could you believe it's 10 years 10 years of putting out great music. Massive hits. Massive hits and being inspired and continue to be inspired. And the funny thing, the funniest thing is he kept his friends around him, which is pretty dope. Um, Like Future the Prince, which is one of my my cool. That's my Brandry. That guy's like cool like ice. Brandry. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, like for him to be Drake's manager? Yeah. From where I know that he came from, I was like, what? yo. Yeah. Listen, you yeah. know. You know what I mean? Being one of his, part of his management team, that's like, yeah. that's amazing. He started out as a DJ in the yeah. city. Mm-hmm. As an MC that turned to a DJ, yeah. that just happened to turn to the manager. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm inspired, and, like, because Drake has kicked in the door, yeah. it gives, uh, you know, space for people like Tory Lanez mm-hmm. and so many of these other rappers that yeah. are 
coming out of the city. The city's crazy right now. Yeah, when it comes super. To so like, ideally, I would, I you know, not necessarily doing. I would do a music project. Okay. But it wouldn't necessarily. I don't even know. I'd probably have different vocalists on it. Okay. It wouldn't be one vocalist. Got you. Um, I just would probably just be a producer or something like that. I, I don't. I, I don't really know exactly. Yeah. But, but you some, know, it's in that direction. In that. Yeah. In that vein. You know I mean? haven't really sat down and be like, okay, this is where I'm going from here. Yeah. But um, definitely something to do with production mm-hmm. or even mentoring some people okay. into production. Yeah. I have a couple of people that I'm mentoring right now um, who produce, make beats okay. on a laptop and and I start to explain the definition of the low end, the mid yeah. range, the top end, yeah. and how to compress sounds and bass lines and mm-hmm. melodies and stuff like that. I'll be like, oh, this is a dope beat. This is yeah. a sick beat. I think this is really catchy. This one will really, really work. Yeah. And A&Ring a lot of some of these young kids' projects, but I haven't actually found one for me. The last I, project I did and, and I teamed up with was Ray Robinson, and we had yes some amazing success on that project. Mm-hmm. He's super, super talented, super, yeah. super soulful, and he ended up putting out um, his two albums. Okay. And after that, he put out some singles, and now he's in the gospel world. Okay, that's where he is now. Yeah, that's where he is. That so like, I didn't know. So yeah. we would still be probably putting out um, R&B but be tracks, but he yeah. decided to go the gospel route, which yeah. I don't blame him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, do what your heart tells you. And that's what Kid Cut is looking to do right now, what his heart tells him. Yeah, yeah, you know definitely, I mean? definitely. No, you're you're amazing, and your story is how you just flow. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah, we did, we opened up for this person. It was nothing too big. It's just amazing. But again, I think somebody like you needs to write a book. You know <laughs> write what I mean? a book. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I, you know what? The funniest thing is, I don't, until I started watching YouTube, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think my story was that interesting. Because you lived it. Yes, because I lived I mean? it. And now I'm watching YouTube and I see now people are capturing stories on video and I find it so amazing. Like, this is what your tour life and you're sharing what your tour life is like. This is what you, you working in the album is like or working in the studio on your album yeah. is like. And this is what... Um, you know, behind the scenes, what mm. happens behind the scenes. And you could, people put this together in a 10 minute, 15 minute video, yep. whether it's on Vimeo or YouTube. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I actually wish at the time we had a videographer. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know, we did videotape some of the stuff, but yeah. it was all in nightclubs. Yeah. So it's dark. It's dark. dark and, see, grainy. Yeah. At the time, we didn't have low light sensors on camera, yeah. so it just didn't. We didn't have camera phones then. You had to have somebody with a big camera, a very yeah. expensive video camera. It wasn't what it was. And even even thinking ahead, um, one thing that we, at the time, mm-hmm. we did take advantage of merch, merchandising. Yes. Okay. Which is huge. Yeah. Bananas. Artists make a lot of money off of merchandising, mm-hmm. and we had tons of merchandising. Yeah. We had stickers. We had shirts. We had tour shirts. Um, we had sponsors that out the yin yang. Yeah. To this very day, still sponsor me. Like yeah. it, you know, I've been blessed. Yeah. That certain shoe companies, clothing companies. Still to this day, show love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was watching a video back then. I think you, were you guys sponsored by Rockaware? Wow. 
Lounge. Yeah. Rockaware. Um, LRG. Okay. Um, Nike. Scott's. Um, Reebok. Yeah. Um, th- like any clothes wasn't an issue. But what's, you know why it's so amazing to talk about this? It's like you guys weren't singers. You no, guys weren't even dancers. And, and that's the thing is, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's the craziest thing about it. Like right. we're not singers, not dancers. No. Just, just some people that wanted to have a good time. Holy smokes. I can't fathom that. That that doesn't even make sense. You guys were almost comparable to like Jodeci. Just Jodeci sang? Yeah. You guys play Jodeci records. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's... Yeah, so it, it was just like, and the funniest thing is there was no blueprint for what yeah. we were doing. No, no, not at a zip, zero, zero. It's zilch. like, okay, we'll, we'll go out there. It was like, one, two, three, break. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Whatever happens, happens. Well, you know what? We'll, we would make it up as we'd go along. Yeah. So we'd have a couple sets that we'd work in a couple parties. Yeah. And it'd be like, oh, that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Let's do that in the next city. And then we'd wing some more and yeah. then... Oh, that that set A set worked and B set worked, so we'll keep these two. Let's yeah. do that in the next city. Yeah. As you know, as two three years went by, like you play one or two songs, it just goes into something. Yeah. Like, and it is mind blowing now yeah. that I can still be in the club and yeah. still remembering and still creating that same energy i at least i think i'm mm-hmm. still doing it well, at sure. the same level i see <laughs> you up to saturday night doing it you know what oh, i mean yeah it's just amazing what you bring to the table and how you as you said you program it yeah that's really what it comes down to it's a lot of programming yeah. and, and, and music figuring out how to play a party so like it doesn't really matter who i'm on the party with mm-hmm. um as long as you're good at your craft yeah I could say, well, let's take this direction. Yeah. And if you're good at your craft, we could make a night out of it and yeah. have a really good time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've worked with so many people and people are like, oh my gosh, it feels like we've worked to get. No, no, it's not. Yeah. We've never done anything together. You understand but it. You, I knew what your strengths were and yeah. I knew how to say, okay, well, since you're good at this, let's yeah. do this, then let's do this, let's do this. And, you know, sometimes the nights turn out to be absolutely yeah. amazing. Like there are moments in these parties, like yeah. I even impressed myself. Yeah. <laughs> I know the DJs. Hey, that, was pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> like I was like, I never thought it would work yeah. out this great. Yeah. You know? So you ever see yourself retiring as a MC? Uh, you know, you know, the craziest thing is, I know. Yeah. I, 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 I would really like to do it until I can't. Yeah. I don't want to just say, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and every time when I say, oh, well, I don't feel like going out this week. Oh, yeah. the phone rings. It's like, yo, um, we're doing a party on this date, this date. Could you do both of these dates? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and if I think that it's warranted, yeah, like, it's a party that I can bring my people out to. You could bring value to the party. And I can bring value to the party. I'm going to take that party. Yeah. I'm not going to just say, yeah, yeah, you're paying me. Sure. Yeah. No problem. I, a long my time biggest ago. pet peeve is showing up to a party and the promoter has not done his uh, due diligence. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, it's half empty. It's not the right crowd. Yeah. You know, people are there. They paid their money on the door. They know that they don't really want to be here. And then they're like, oh, the music's boring because, you it know what I mean? It didn't match up. Yeah. It and it was like, so I, I could say for the last, honestly, for the last decade, I've been just picking and choosing these events. Yeah. And if I would not spend my $20 at the door. Yeah. I'm not going to take that party. It makes sense. You're putting yourself in a, the yeah. consumer's shoes yeah. before yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I'm not going to spend money on the party, I don't, don't want to be there. Yeah. If I don't want to spend money, I don't want you to spend your money. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. What's the point? You know, just being able to navigate through um, all these different promoters. Because mm-hmm. if you... If you listen to every phone call, you'll be working Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and, and you'll burn yourself out. Yeah. And then what happens is when you work that much, mm-hmm. people pick and choose where they want to go. You're not special anymore. There's nah. nothing special about that energy that you bring. It's like something you do every night. Yeah. So I missed you on Monday. I'll yeah. see I'll you. I'll catch you on Tuesday. <laughs> or I'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Let's get into some entrepreneurship here. Okay. What got you into the entrepreneurship? Because uh, we know you have your barbershop, Shine's Barbershop in Brampton. Was that your first entrepreneurship venture or you had something else before? On that level, um, I would say uh, this is a mixed CDs. Yeah, it's entrepreneurship. I, 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 think, I knew I to put out a dollar. I'm trying to make back five would, and go back again. Okay. If I put out a dollar, I want to make 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, Entrepreneurship. <laughs> no, but um, ideally, I, I would say that the mixed cassettes. Mm-hmm. And at the time when everybody was putting out mixed cassettes, they were buying tapes from the store and buying the double decker and copying yeah. it themselves. Yeah. Um, I knew I could get a better product mm-hmm. if instead of recording my master onto a cassette, I could record it on a DAT player a digital audio tape yeah which would give me superior sound the superior sound and an exact repercussion of what i put on there got you and then i knew that if i invested in buying one of those machines Mm -hmm. at the time was probably like 1500 bucks or something like that if i had the one to three or the one to six i think it was which one you had the duplicator Oh, the duplicators, I only had a one-to-one. A one-to-one? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have the machines. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is sourcing out a copy house. Got you. And I think it was Duplication Depot. They don't exist anymore. But um, there's a cool Indian guy in there named Fred. He, they helped us with our, our... they had a graphics part in there. Okay. And they also had the tape duplication. So I would show up there and get a hundred tapes made off of a DAT tape. Yeah. And they Crazy. would record it in real time. So ideally when, you know, yeah. tape decks were to duplicate a tape over, if you play something in real time and you copy it onto another tape in real time, yeah. you're going to get the best quality. Yes. So yes. in order... For you to copy, you would have to take 
like a, a duplicator machine yes. and play the original copy mm-hmm. at a high speed and mm-hmm. play the other tape decks yep. at a high speed, which would dim down the quality a little bit. Yeah, but it would give you the speed. Would give you the speed. So it's some it's of this a, or a trade off. Like yeah. So, but I said, well, they were doing it in real time. Yeah. And um, they just did the dat. Yeah. And people, what they liked about our tapes was whatever I made the master, I'd make side A and I'd make side B on a digital audio tape mm-hmm. uh, or mini disc. Yeah. And I would set the times and the length of my tapes. So they would custom cut the tape yeah. to the program that I gave them. So Okay. So these so were why, not standard 90-minute tapes. No. Nah. So that what? so so that so when you were trying to bootleg a tape, yeah. <laughs> you would you would you'd get some of it, but you would never get all of it. Okay. And like if that time that month when I was recording um, one of the mixes, yeah. I didn't have enough records. It would be somewhere in between sixty minutes and yeah. ninety minutes. Got you. So that my side A would be yeah. amazing. These are all those records I'm going to put on side A, and these are the mm-hmm. records I'm going to put on side B. Mm-hmm. And there could be a lot of dead space at the side of end of side B, but side A would be perfectly cut. Okay. Why you're you're different? And I would yeah. So like <laughs> yeah. you know, but at the same, there was no blueprint for yeah. any of this stuff. I was, just, I was just doing it, and I was just doing it for the love and like, yeah. oh, it would be so cool to do this. And try it, and it actually worked. And then it's like, okay, that works. So why wouldn't this work? And then, you know, you just I started to develop the product. That was, I would say, putting thousands of dollars into a product yeah. and seeing a return on it. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely the mixtape game. Yeah, and that then, was where you learned it. And then the CD game, mm-hmm. I reaped the benefits. Yeah, got you. And then opening a, a, a barbershop. A decade. I, I opened that like a decade ago. Okay, that's how long you, you've been. Yeah, up there we've now. been there for a decade plus. So yeah. opening up a barbershop slash salon. Um, I didn't know how that was going to work. Yeah, I just put the money up. Yeah, and you know, there's. I started out with a couple customers that I had in my basement and my friends would come over. They'd support the cause. I knew that Fridays and Saturdays would be busy. The rest of the week, I'd watch TV in the store. <laughs> And then a decade later, like on a Monday and Tuesday, you know, you could Google it. Like, we're always packed. All Monday and Tuesday. There's people like, we could show up to the shop and there's probably like 15 people outside any given day. We're trying to get into this appointment system thing. Yeah. But it's like first come, first serve right now. And then we're going to slowly phase into the appointment system. But ideally... Reason why I haven't gotten into the appointment system as yet okay. is because there's a lot of young kids in our area. Got you. And in order for you to do an appointment system, you have to raise the price. Got you. And a lot of moms, a lot of kids come into our store. Mm-hmm. So I've seen so many kids grow up. Over 10 years. Yeah. So if you go into the appointment system, yeah, you're saving time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the time versus money, it's a, right? It's a trade-off. It's what a trade-off. Are, what so what we'll, are we doing here? We'll be running away some of our customers. Yeah. And there's a lot of times, there's just like you know, it's back to school. Some kids don't even have it. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we're like, okay, you don't have it. It's all right. Well, give me what you got. You know what I mean? And we just keep it moving. You get it. Yeah, I get it. But it, and, and once again, it wasn't something that was done for the money. Yeah. You're, it, it was. It wasn't done for the money. It was. The, it was the passion in it. You're. You're. You're amazing. Your story. Your talent. What you like. Your drive. <laughs> your essence. Your cut. Again, as I said, I'm waiting for the book. 
I want <laughs> I want to read the book where it's detailed and you really go into details and said, hey, oh man, this is what happened here. I would have to research dates and then put it on a timeline and and lay it out. There's so many cool stories, mm-hmm. so many life changing moments that uh, you know I can. I learned a lot. I learned okay. how to be responsible, Do being this part of that group. Give us one real exclusive story, something that left a lasting impression on you. A Give lasting impression. Yeah, something that you remember. It was either good, bad, or indifferent. Good, bad, and indifferent. Yeah. Mm. There's <laughs> See, the thing is, if I had an, an opportunity to think about yeah. the story, I would, I'd pick. There's so many, mm-hmm. and I don't want to tell you just an okay one. I want to tell you a, a great one. Um I'll tell you two short ones. Okay. I remember uh, being in Edmonton, doing, uh, you know, the promoters brought us out. Um, I was out partying. Okay. Um, with the promoters, they were doing Yaga bombs or something like that. Jaga bombs. Some that's the drink. It's where you. I think it's is Yaga. Um, I mean, I know, but they had a little <laughs> style there that they had out there, and you know. Being a guy, you don't back down. It's like, I can drink with, I can hang with the best yeah, of them. Right here. So ideally, I remember um, they were dropping this Jagger or whatever into the beer, and then you had to chug everything down. Yes, so you yes. drop the shot into the beer and chug everything down. Yes. We had a couple of those, and I hit the stage, and I slipped, mm. and I remember falling off the stage, but. The way I landed, yeah, the whole crowd seen it. So the whole party went, <gasps> and then I I, I landed um, falling off the stage, but I landed into this this safety thing that they had at the bottom, so I didn't yeah. get hurt. <laughs> so uh, everybody seen me get back up, and yeah. the whole crowd cheers. Like, ah! <laughs> so it was a rock star moment. Rock star moment, but. Definitely, that's how I remember it. I was inebriated, so it probably didn't work out that way. <laughs> but, but, but there was no Instagram or nah. Snapchat back then, so that's how it happened. That's how it happened. Yeah. Nobody's um, telling me different. No, well, no, no, it, 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 it worked out like mm. that. And I don't remember being hurt, but I, I remember falling off a stage there. And it was a high stage. Yeah. Um, what else? I would say that was one of my um, <laughs> indifferent <laughs> moments. Um Just, you know, being so naive, Yeah, I would say, I, you know, what I take away from the whole thing, being so naive that if you put your mind to something, you can't achieve it. And there was nobody at that time saying you couldn't do it. Yeah. And even if you said you couldn't do it, I'd be like, well, Why not? well, of course you can. You know what I mean? Just being that naive that you could make something happen yeah. and, and, and actually actually putting the effort in and seeing it come to, you know, to life. Um, that whole baby bloom thing yeah. is a great moment, I'd say. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. And again, when you leave here and you're driving, you think about this conversation. Oh, there's going to be so much stuff. I should have talked about this. I should have no, talked about this. It's so, because it's, you lived it at that moment. It's, you didn't have anything to record. It's just so amazing. Yeah. Well, we're talking about a decade of history. Holy smokes. A decade of history. And the, the craziest thing is, you know, most people party on weekends. Yeah. We were doing universities. We were doing colleges. Yeah. We were doing nightclubs. We were doing street festivals. So it would be every night was a party. 
every single night was a party. Yeah. And um, it, it, it just was amazing. There was the good mm-hmm. nights, and mm-hmm. there was the okay nights, and there was a couple of like, like you know, it could have had a little more people. Yeah. But a- as we went on, we knew, okay, just because they're offering a lot of money doesn't mm-hmm. mean we need to take this gig. Got you. You started to yeah. learn. We, understand. You know, he started to understand it's yeah. not about the money. It's like, okay, well, this is a university. There's going to be people there to come out to, fr- like, to the pub night. So yeah. it's going to be packed. Yeah. This is something we take. <laughs> Whereas they're, they're having, you know, the Edmonton Festival, yeah. their, their carnival on the road, and they want you to play a truck, and there's only four trucks on the road yeah. at the time. Well, yeah, I guess we're here and you're going to pay us. Sure, why not? And you take it and there's, you know, there's only like on the road, there's only like a 2,000 people. Yeah. You're like, yeah. But, you know, what I mean, like we made the best out of every moment. Every situation. Every situation, definitely. Amazing. What do you think a lot of these new guys in the business as MCs could learn from somebody like you? Um, You know what? There's more to just MCing. Like yes. if you're going to host a party. Yeah. You got to know what party you're doing and for what audience. Yeah. That's the first thing. That's the most important. Then you got to know what music your audience wants to hear. Got you. You know, you can't show up to a banquet hall with a ton of Caribbean people Mm -hmm. thinking you're going to play rock and roll music or dance EDM. It's not going to work. It's not going to fly. You know, you got to know what you're getting into ahead of, you know, ahead of time. And at least, you know, have a couple little tricks up your sleeve, like something that someone's going to say, oh, that was clever. That was well thought out. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to know where you are. That's rule number one. Um, Number two is if you were the person in the audience, do it like you were the person in the audience. Mm -hmm. Like, don't say something... If you were in the audience, you wouldn't think it's cool. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you have to pretend that you're the audience member and you're catering for yourself. Yeah. Don't just just go up there and just do a whole bunch of bullshit and think that people are going to say, oh, yeah, sure, thanks. Or they're too drunk so they won't remember it. Nah. You got to be hard on yourself. You know what I mean? You got to critique yourself and you got to actually know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Don't get... Don't get carried away and and uh, caught up in the hype. Yeah. Don't believe like these people came all out for you and because you're on the mic, yeah. um, talking to them, you know, they're having a great time because yeah. you're doing that. No, <laughs> uh, no, like they came out to have a good time and because you're on the mic, you could help them have a good time. But they're not all here for you. And I mean, if you're hosting a party, whether it's a wedding, it's not your day. You're yeah. the master of ceremonies. You're just here to enhance what's going on already. And, you know, keep everything flowing. Yeah. And you're just a piece of the puzzle. How important is an MC to an event? Um, having the right MC at, mm-hmm. you know, at the corresponding event is yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to have, like, say if you're hosting a wedding or something like that, you want to have somebody that is knowledgeable <clears throat> of the age group and the demographic and the bride and groom plus the guest's background. Yeah. That is very important. 
Makes sense because you're catering towards them 100%. Yes, 100%. Like if you're doing a nightclub, mm-hmm. you you got to know, okay, is the nightclub in the heart of downtown? Yeah. What kind of demographics is going to be there? Mm-hmm. Like it could be, you know, university kids. You yeah. can't be playing, um, you know, all this old school Gap band and no, no, no. and hmm. all these records, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear trap. Like you got to know where you are and how important your piece of the puzzle is. Through there, and you get it. That's why you're the voice of the vibe. How did you come up with that? Uh, everybody had a, a slogan. Is yeah. like you know, all the rappers had slogans. Mm-hmm. And then even when I was in Jamaica hanging out with the artists as they were coming up, Bounty had the hey yo yellow, yeah. and uh-huh. then Wayne Marshall had the two 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 two, and Sean Paul had the dot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, everybody had something. I was like, yo, I have to have something, and and I I needed something to say. Okay, Kid Cut, yeah. like what is Kid Cut? And I needed, to, I needed to tell them mm-hmm. what Kid Cut was or what is this brand. Yeah. It, it's the voice of the vibe. Yeah. So it's a person that has a vibe. That makes sense. So yeah. I just was trying to tell you what it is so you didn't have to, you know, kill yourself to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what I bring to the table. That's all it is. I got you. Okay, this round here is called the Rapid Facts Rounds. Rapid I'm, Facts. Yep, I'm going to spit out some questions quick. And you're going to answer them, all right? All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. Let's go. What's the wallpaper on your phone? The wallpaper on my phone is the stock wallpaper. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't actually change it around or something. Um... I've had so many phones. It's like after a while, it's like you change it uh, once. Remember when the ringtones came in? What? <laughs> you know, you had to have that that song as a ringtone, and uh-huh. you had to customize your phone. And you know, sometimes the screen breaks. You switch your phone, whatever, whatever. Right now, I don't even want nobody to see that it's my phone yeah. to be like, oh, that's his phone. Let me go see if I could take it up. No, nope. <laughs> I just keep it stuck so you don't have to keep it simple. Yeah, don't do anything too crazy. All right, what's the last thing you googled? Last thing I Googled, it probably was something about um, video editing. Yeah. Yeah. That's your thing. You like editing. Oh, yeah. But it's it, editing is almost, you know, production. It mm-hmm. is production. 100% agree. Because you're taking images and you're producing a final masterpiece. That never existed anywhere before you came up with it. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. Fast food or home cooking? Um... I'm a super fan of home cooking. Okay. But um, I, I like eating at um, different five-star restaurants, but ethnic, you know, different, you know. Got you. So it could be Caribbean. It could be Asian. Like, I just like trying new dishes and new types of foods and stuff So you'd like say that. you're a foodie? I, I would say I'm a foodie. All right. Definitely. Are you a cooker or a cleaner? Um, a bit of both. Okay. Uh, I I definitely have to have breakfast in the morning. Yeah, I see that purple <laughs> passion smoothie and all of that. <laughs> I, like uh, the craziest thing is, I started out doing these smoothies, and I have so many followers yeah. off of this smoothie life. Yeah. Everybody's asking me what I'm putting yeah. in there and oh you didn't put up your smoothies today. Yeah. And then like it's the same thing I always put up. Yeah. They're like, no, it's different. It's different. It's different. Doesn't you always matter. change I it. See it. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, like so I, definitely breakfast 
have to have yeah. a must mm-hmm. or so I don't have energy for the day okay. and I have to have a smoothie because um, I just feel more healthier. Yeah. I don't know if it's changing, but I, I think it, I could cram more vitamins into my system that way, like the gingers, the yeah. turmerics, um, the one, coconut oils one and drink, all that stuff. Put it in and yes. everybody's happy. Yes. Yes, definitely. All right. This is a big one here. 90s R&B, 90s hip-hop, 90s dancehall. One of them had to disappear forever. All right. Which one would it be? I would say 90s hip-hop. 90s hip-hop? Yeah, because I definitely... You can't do without 90s reggae. Come yeah. on. <laughs> 90s reggae, you could just like play a whole night of 90s reggae, yeah. uh-huh. which is one of my favorite parties when Dad's uh-huh. did nice. I yep. never go to banquet halls, but yeah. this party happens in a banquet uh-huh. hall, and I endorse this one to the fullest. Yes. I'm always in the nightclub where there's mm-hmm. proper security and police, but they have proper security mm-hmm. at yep. the banquet hall. But ideally, yeah. 90s reggae, yeah. I grew up on that. Okay. So I you can't let that go. And yeah. R&B... Like, you can't really make love to hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> but 90s R&B, yeah. you could play a couple of 90s R&B records, records and from your starting of your night, yeah. you set the tone to the middle of the night, and even later on in the night. That, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could set that whole thing up with, with some 90s R&B. Yeah. Hip-hop, you know. Yeah. I, I Hey, I'm a avid vinyl collector. Yeah. I have a basement full of vinyl. Um, doubles, triples okay. of hip-hop. Yeah. Like I spent money on my vinyl, uh huh. But it, it would have to be hip hop. It would have to be hip hop. Sadly, wow. okay. I I didn't see that one there come out because I know that's a real tough one. It's like, how do you get rid of one? Now, but mm-hmm. I'm a soul. I'm a like I really connect with music. So and R and B has a lot of yeah. soul in it. No, no, and I believe that. That's why from the beginning yeah. of the podcast, you really said soul. So I said, okay, you know what? Kid Cut's really that soul type of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always thought it was more hip-hop and then it came oh, yeah, into the yeah, yeah, You, know, you know, I mean? know what? You said it. I had to eliminate one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Who was the last person you called or text? Just a while ago? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> called or text? You, would... you called or text. Well, it, it would be Jay Martin. He yeah. just called me back as you could hear yeah. the phone ringing. <laughs> Big Pick homie. up yourself, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Big homie, Jay. Okay. Where was the last place you went on vacation? My last place I went on vacation, I would say Dubai, and I'm about to head right back there. Okay. How it was wasn't, it, it, wasn't, it was work. Yeah. It was a workcation. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Pretty much put Miami to the Caribbean to some Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> buildings yeah you like that's that's dubai yeah and it it is everything is five star so you start at five star then you go six and seven and eight okay so you start at five (laughs) yeah basic is five yeah (laughs) wow yeah like basic is five yeah wow okay what's your hobby um i would say photography video um and production that's your hobby. Yeah. All right. Um, when you were growing up, what did you think you would be or what did you want to be? Um, growing up, I I didn't know what I really wanted to be, but okay. I just, I was up to try almost 
anything that I was interested in, yeah. whether it was, you know, I, even back then I was doing photography. Back then? Yep, photography and video editing. I, I did that in art class. So okay. it was like something that just stuck with me. Yeah. And um, I, I never said I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything yeah. like that. That was never your... Never my thing. I just mm-hmm. was like... I just want to try stuff. Try <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah, like, you know, try to be an archer. Yeah. You know, like uh, like to be a, a store owner, you know, like a, a manager yeah. or um, try to build a brand. Yeah. Try to, you know, do graphic design yeah. and stuff like that. And clearly, you're winning at that. <laughs> clearly. It's a, it's a try thing, you know. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. He's you know what? trying. I'm trying. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. every day I get better at it and I'm learning every single day. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I believe you. What song is playing in your car right now? Um, right now. The last song right before you got out of the car. The last song. I, I was listening to a Barris Hammond okay. uh, CD. Okay. Good one. Okay. What's your favorite song of all time? Ooh. Favorite song of all time. Mm-hmm. Now you can't just pick one. <laughs> you you pick, to, pick, you a genre, pick, pick a genre. Pick a genre. I'm gonna get you soul music, R&B soul. Um, I, I would say it, anything from Michael. Anything from Michael. Yeah, for sure. Or anything from Stevie. Yeah. Definitely. Like that kind of vein. Okay. One word you say too much. Mm. It's one of those things where I probably say it too much and I don't even know I say it. (laughs) There's nothing that somebody says, why are you saying that? A word, a phrase, something that you say too much. I I, I don't think I have one. Yeah. All right, we could do this. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. I could probably say that. Yeah, 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 we can make this happen. Yeah. I think I yeah, said that to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it it's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. like, let's, let's see if we could try to make it happen. Got you. Yeah. Makes sense. What's your favorite social media network? Social? I, I'm an Instagram person. Your Instagram? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Um, both. Both. Late nights, early flights. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. First time I heard that one, that one is bad still. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's the end of the rapid round. One last question before I get you out of here. Well, not even a question. The floor is really yours. Out of all of this, what do you want everybody to know about Kid Cut? Who is Kid Cut? Um Man. Who is Kid Cut? Uh Someone who is very passionate about trying to take things to the next level. Yeah. Someone who is very passionate about um, trying to do things that a lot of people would not do. Yeah. Or have the guts to do. Mm-hmm. Someone who stands for something. So I don't have to fall for everything, you know, um, along those lines. Along those lines. Yeah. Good, good one. Anybody you want to big up before you get out of here? 
Uh, big up you, man, for you to take the time. Yeah. Um, the whole Two Line Music Hut family. Bomb, 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 bomb. To me, I'm living it. Like, yeah. I don't like really doing old school parties that yeah. much because I feel that you're living in the past. I understand. I don't 100%. like talking about the past yeah. because it's, it's already gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, what can we do next? Yeah. Like, I'm really ex- excited to go out to Dubai and play uh, for this Christmas. I'm I'm excited to do the New Year's Eve party that I'm going to do and my New Year's Eve DJ pack that I put out every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about that one there. The, the DJ pack that I put out every year is pretty much I do a whole bunch of records that you could possibly play at midnight. Okay. Um, I normally do about 20 of them. Okay. And... DJs from around the world download them and they pick and choose which one they want to play at midnight and they post their videos and they tag me in it and my timeline is pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, Started out doing it uh, out the gate, about 100,000 impressions. And right now we're, I like it's so hard to track, but I know that we're about easily over 500,000 impressions and downloads and plays. Yeah. Easily, easily, because I know that when I put up the link, we're doing some stupid numbers like maybe a hundred thousand of downloads. Yes, but that's and then it it multiplies. From so there. what happens is one DJ might download the pack, mm-hmm. give it to five of his DJ friends, mm-hmm. or thirty DJ pools might download it and give it to. 5,000 yeah. people each yeah. DJ pool. So, like, I can't track everything. Mm-hmm. I just put it out there. And and the funniest, the funniest thing is people are like, oh, you're the kid cut from New Year's yeah. Eve? Yeah. <laughs> I played your New Year's Eve edit. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember Walshy Fire from Major Lazer. It's like, yo, I play yours every year. And I'm like, really? Crazy. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like, And, you know, big up Walshy. Um, a private Ryan be like, yo, kid, when's the, when's the pack coming out? Okay. Cause I'm gonna yeah. play it at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like DJs that I just, I they, they have huge followings. They're like yeah. saying, "Yo, what, what are you doing? What, what's the date? When it's releasing?" Or people might text me, or they might um, send me an Instagram, yeah. or they might look on my site. The funniest and craziest thing about it is like, you know, because I'm doing intros for a, a record that's already been released. Yeah, I've put it out on SoundCloud and they've closed my SoundCloud page. Wow. Like, like twice already. Yeah. So I just just put it on my website. But the fact is that I've lost so many links of people downloading and but every year new people come. That's crazy. When could we expect this year's one to come on? I haven't started yet, but um, ideally, we I drop it around Christmas. It's like my gift, Christmas gift to all the DJs and people right. out there. So you'll we'll s- look out for it this year. Yeah, definitely. You'll see me put out a blast and stuff. Cut. Yes. You've been amazing. Storytelling is crazy, but there's so much that you've done. Yes. And clearly, this is an exclusive because you said you don't really like to talk about I, You know what? I don't even talk. The past. I don't talk about mm-hmm. the past. Yeah. I don't. It's, it sounds weird, but I just yeah. don't even get into it. Because you lived it. We're yeah. going to get the book from you. We're going to get it from you. <laughs> Cut. You're calling that, you're kaleoing that. You're calling yes, that into yes, existence. Yes, yes. Right, We're going right. to get the book and the documentary. Yes, all right? definitely. All right. So this is Muscle for Entertainment Report Podcast, and we are out. Bless.